seen the little flyer been floating around in the bulletin this past few weeks of the list of movies that are going to be out, things that we're going to be talking. And um, just to clarify, is uh, we're not necessarily endorsing that you go see every movie because, first of all, that would be expensive. I mean, maybe you're into that. But also, some of the movies aren't um, necessarily ones that you'd want to see because, uh, for example, next week is Adam Sandler's latest movie and probably not his most wholesome. So uh, you may be totally into that and want to, but... Um, the reason that we are picking movies like that um, of a wide variety of genres is because all the movies that are produced in Hollywood have certain things that they're trying to communicate, and there's a real value in us trying to figure out what it is and um, how it influences us, because the, the media has a real sway on the way we think and the way we go about life. Usually it's kind of um, a subtle influence, and you may not necessarily verbalize you know, the impact that it has on you or say, oh, I totally agree with what they're saying. But over time, you know, the, the messages about, um, you know, family and the role of men and women and how you treat people in relationships and your wife, different things like that just kind of infiltrate our mind. And so what we're trying to do with this message series is check out the message of the movie and hold it in light of what the Bible says and see how they compare. Um, so obviously the movie for this week is Snow White and the Huntsman. Did anybody see it? Already? Oh, a good, good bunch, a dozen or so. I saw it this week as part of my research for this message. <laughs> on, on the clock, no. Um, this is it right here. It was okay. It, was okay. It, was, it got some mixed reviews. Some people liked it, some not so much. Um, really like Chris Hemsworth, which is kind of a new addition to this whole story, the Huntsman. He played Thor, and uh, he had a big hammer in that movie. Now he's got a big axe, so... He just carries big weapons around, I guess, is his main thing. So, but anyways, um, there's some, some major themes that this movie communicates, and the main one is jealousy. Of course, the queen is jealous of Snow White and her fairness and her beauty and purity of heart and all that good stuff, and the queen is jealous of that. So some of the other themes in the movie are um, the darkness of sin, this is a, it's a really dark movie, and, and the, uh, another video clip in a second, the director talks about the darkness within us all. And uh, another one is comparison, you know, the way comparison between, you know, beauty and women and how that drives jealousy. Um, there's the theme of, like, this higher being of knowledge, which is kind of played by the magic mirror, because he just kind of knows all the women in, in the land or any question. There's this theme of a desire for immortality, which the queen wants to secure. So with, with this list of themes and different things that are going on, more or less could be said about um, how biblical they are or not. Um, but in terms of jealousy, this movie is a really great picture of what jealousy does within us and how far it can go. Um, as I mentioned, it, it's not just a, a simple retelling of Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which was uh, Walt Disney's first animated film in 1937. So that was a long time ago. So this is a, a, a new cut on it, and it's a lot more sinister, darker, a lot more violent. Um, in the first Snow White, all the dwarves were like singing songs and dancing. Now they kill people. So <laughs> it's a little different. Um, you can see it if you want. It, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. If you know the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, this is, I'm not going to say anything more than that. But, you know, in this movie, the, the queen is just thirsty for more, and um, she, as you see in the trailer, she sucks the life out of young women to, to fuel her own beauty and youth. And so um, I have a real quick clip that just kind of, it's got the actors and director talking about the role of the queen 
and um, how evil she is and how dark it is and just what, it, what she becomes. So go ahead and play that. Ravenna is the Eagle Queen, played by Charlie Theron. The Queen is death. She has no heart. Ravenna's mission really is to live within the greatest means of power. She's the darkness within us all. You are the fairest, but there is another destined to surpass you. Ravenna and Snow White are, are bound in a way. I should have killed her when she was a child. Snow White's escaped. The Queen promises the Huntsman something very valuable if he sets off on the mission to capture Snow White. Hunt her down. If I refuse. To his knees. As an outsider, I see her as all of the things that the audience will. But as an insider playing her, I have to not think about those things. She's perfect to play the queen because she's got this presence. She has this icy cold kind of evil stare that she, she throws at you. She can level you. You know, I wouldn't want to fight her. <laughs> Alright, a little taste of uh, just that role. And even, even Charlize Theron, who plays her, says, that, you know, I can't even think about it, how evil she is when she's in the middle of it. Um, in, the, in the video, the queen cannot quench her thirst for more of what she doesn't have, which is beauty and youth. And jealousy has the same impact on us. Um, if, it, if it goes too far, we have this kind of unquenchable thirst for more and, and um, we kind of look at these ideas in our mind and, and we can't be satisfied with what we have and, and just you know, simply be thankful for things that we have. And we just kind of get caught in this cycle of despair. So this movie depicts full-blown jealousy to the max, as, as bad as it gets in a sense. And, and it kind of shows how that's not a real good life strategy for the queen and doesn't work out very well for her. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of good. But at the same time, I don't necessarily condone all the other values. Uh, that are elevated in this film. But for the purpose of the message today, it serves really well as a launch board for uh, just talking about jealousy and the way that it affects us regularly and um, and envy, which receives considerable attention by the Bible. So sometimes Josh will ask me to give a message like I'm doing today, and he'll either provide me with a topic or he'll ask me to come up with a topic of something that I'm familiar with, something I have experience with, because... If, if I do that, then it's a lot easier for me to talk about it and a lot easier for you to connect with, which makes total sense. So when I was considering this, I was like, uh, jealousy. I was like, do I struggle with jealousy? You know, I, I'm sure I have at some point. Done. <laughs> because I, I didn't really think about it. Be, you know, my first idea of jealousy was this, you know, of, you know, the queen and all his daggers and killing dwarves and things like that. And... Uh, <laughs> I thought of giving a message that said, you know, if you become jealous, you might end up killing somebody. And I didn't think that was going to be able to relate very well. But the more I thought about it, I found out that jealousy has a lot more subtle forms that kind of affect me on a regular basis and things that I, you know, I give into. And so as I prepared for this message more and more, I, I began realizing and seeing things just kind of come up in my regular life of areas of, of my envy. And just, you know, there's some regular things like, um, some of my friends have better cars than me, and I sure would love to have you know up, an upgrade in that area, or um, more attractive, or a better sense of humor than me. Um, you know, maybe a better speaker, up, you know, on stage than me, or 
maybe it's for some of you, you'd like to be married or not married or, you know, all these different things that, that just come up at us on a regular basis that are not quite so full-blown as this. Uh, one of the most reoccurring instances for me is just I always want to be invited and included. And if, if somebody is invited and I'm not, it, it kind of stirs me up a little bit. and I get, That's one area I get jealous. I always want to be around the important people, you know? So, for example, if, um, you know, I find out everybody went to the beach yesterday and I never got a call, I'm just like, what's the deal, man? <laughs> and then I find out that this guy got invited and I don't know why he got invited before me because I totally should have gone. And then I get all jealous and envious. So, um, you know, that comes up in different areas. Like, I've had different jobs and people getting positions that I wanted or opportunities in church life and different things where... You know, sometimes people get what you want, and it stirs up the, the envy. It's not always um, that common for us to be jealous or envious of people that are much older than us. You know, maybe for somebody that's 10 or 20 years older than you, you know, it makes sense that they put in the time, the effort, they deserve a nice car or a good vacation or whatever. But if somebody your age advances ahead of you, or somebody younger, then it really rubs us the wrong way, and, and it just doesn't seem right that we don't have what they have. So, um, the movie shows Jealousy to the Extreme, and, and what we need to do to avoid that is just kind of identify where does it start. We all have the potential for this kind of jealousy, and, and if we look at where it starts, we can maybe head it off. Uh, on your outline, you see a little progression at the top, and the first thing is desire. It's, it's where jealousy can begin. Um, as human beings, we want stuff. I want material things. I want some immaterial things. I want people, you know... I want to be married, I, I want to be famous, whatever it is, we, we want things. Sometimes they're good desires, helpful. Sometimes they're, they're sinful desires, things that are not helpful. Um, it could be ribeye steak, it could be um, I wish I looked different, you know, bigger muscles, less weight, you know, more funny, more athletic, whatever it is, we want things. Um, so the sec- second thing that kind of progresses out of that is, is coveting. And this is the first step towards jealousy because... Um, coveting is somebody else has got something and we want it. So they have it and I want what they got. Um, and this is where we first enter the danger zone. Uh, the, the last of the Ten Commandments is actually do not covet. It's kind of set up early by God. He wanted to make sure that we had this in mind that this is going to be a bad area for us to get into. But this is something that happens to me on a regular basis. You know, I've, got, um, I've had my eye on a certain car for a while and my friend just got that car and I want it. I can't believe they just got it, and I, I don't have it. I probably won't have it ever or for a long time. And so <laughs> here, here, here starts coveting, and it's pretty easy to fall into. If it's not kept in check, it progresses even further to envy. And this is another step further, because once you start wanting what they got, then you become bitter and resentful that they have it, and you don't. Um, you know, you want it really bad. It's awful that they have it, and I am way more deserving than they are to have it. I'll tell you right now. So that's where that goes. And then one step further, of course, is jealousy. Um, that's where I envy another person, want what they got, and I feel like my rights have been violated because I don't have it, and I'm willing to treat them as an enemy, or more simply, treat them differently. Um, and a lot, I'm willing for my relationship with you to be affected because of my jealousy of you. The Bible strongly warns us and actually commands us against coveting, envying, and being jealous. Um, because envy and jealousy, those last two, really affect the way we relate to people. And um, 
Maybe for Snow White and the Queen, another day, another heir, maybe they could have been good friends. But the fact that the Queen allowed jealousy so deeply into her heart, it totally changed the way she related to her. To, to all. Actually, everybody in the movie is completely affected by, the, by her insatiable desire for more. And so, same thing with us. If we let it get into our hearts, it really affects the way we relate to people. I mean, if you're sitting next to a guy that's got something that you really want, and that's all you can think about, it's really going to affect the way that you relate to them. So we can look at where jealousy takes you. If you do start moving down that road, which happens to us all, um, a lot of the scripture that I'm about to cover describes envy and jealousy. And depending on the translation of the Bible that you're using, it may use either word. So for the purpose of today, you don't necessarily have to make a real clear distinction between them, as long as you know that they both affect the way you relate to people in a negative way. So the first thing is, I feel sorry for myself. If I'm jealous, that's a, a pretty common tendency because, man, I should totally have that thing and I don't have it and I wish I did. And There's an example in Psalms here where um, in Psalm 73, the author describes his, um, you know, his tendency to start being envious. He said, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. He's saying he's slipping into envy. Um, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So when he started slipping into that envy, here's what um, his thoughts began to brew in this way. And a few verses later he said, Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure, and I have washed my hands in innocence. All of the day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. And he says, Whoa, it's me, I don't have what I want. they got stuff, they're doing good, they're wealthy. Um, so that's just kind of an example where it, it can start to take us into feeling sorry for ourselves. Another one is, I become driven. A really interesting verse, Ecclesiastes 4.4 says, And I saw that all labor and all achievement spring from man's envy of his neighbor. All these great things that man can accomplish and can do is a result of his you know, desire and drive that is motivated to have more and to get more and whatever they got, I want it too, so I'm going to work harder. And you know, There's a certain amount of motivation to it, but it really becomes... Um, a fruitless consuming factor. You know, the second part of the verse says, this too is meaningless. So chasing after the wind is totally vain. Um, so it kind of related to that is the next one, is that jealousy can make it so that it just eats you up inside. Uh, you get consumed with the things that you want, and um, it's really hard to focus on anything else because you're so, um, you feel so lacking and so um, you know, pitiable that you don't have what you want. Proverbs 14.30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, which sounds really good, but envy rots the bones. So if it gets, if it gets stuck in you, it's just going to start kind of eating away at you inside. And After a while, it'll even affect... Um, it, it's not just going to stay limited to you know, your mental or emotional standpoint. It's going to affect other areas of your life, even physical. Um, kind of interesting that the movie even portrays this a little bit too, with uh, the queen, like her body just deteriorating um, from all the different... Uh, envious acts that she commits. The fourth way that uh, jealousy affects us is that it creates disorder and evil practices. And this really is just kind of a, a good sum up of the movie, uh, James 3.16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, which is the queen all the way, totally jealous and totally ambitious in a selfish way, um, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Um, it also sums up 
a lot of biblical stories of this happening. You know, it may seem kind of out of reach for jealousy to get taken that far, but there's um, historical accounts of you know, men killing their, their brothers or, or trying to usurp father's kingdoms. And, and honestly, a lot of the news headlines and things that we read today, um, jealousy is going to be at the root of people just wanting to get more for themselves and take from other people. So um, clearly we don't want to go this far. So what we need to do is cut jealousy off before it even gets that far. Um, if, if it does start brewing with inside us, First Peter 2, 1 through 2 kind of tells us what to do. Um, it says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Just get rid of it. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, and there's jealousy, and all kind of, an, an unkind speech. So just totally get rid of it. And um, so what I have now is just a few helpful tips for um, how would you get rid of jealousy or maybe more subtle versions of envy that exist within you. Uh, maybe you have some kind of example in your mind or an experience that you're, you're thinking of that you're starting to move down that road, and you can think through these next steps and, and how to get rid of those things. Uh, first of all, stop comparing and start celebrating. Comparison is supernatural to us. Not supernatural, it's very normal because um, we just lay um, you know, this groundwork for jealousy because uh, we see what they got. You know, I got a friend, a friend's got this much, and I kind of got this much, and there's a real clear, obvious distinction there, and so now I'm totally open up to just wanting what they got. But Romans 12:15 through 17 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Rejoicing with, you know, so this idea of celebrating with people um, sometimes comes naturally. You know, if you're at a wedding and somebody's getting married, sure, it's okay, really easy to celebrate. But in terms of envy, um, imagine that you have a coworker that runs up to you exclaiming about a promotion you just got, one that you've had your eye on for a couple months, and you were kind of holding out the boss would pick you. And now, this guy just totally cut right by you, and um, what are you going to do? Like, congratulate him? You know, that's not going to be the natural thing. It's going to be to compare. And say, like, how, how long has he been here? I've been here longer. You know, what's his level of competency? You know, how much does he deserve this job? I've been working so hard for this, and it's really going to be unnatural for us to just, you know, shake his hand warmly and congratulate him and celebrate with him. Um, so if you feel that sting of envy that just kind of stabs at you because somebody's got what you want, um, you can think through how to repress those feelings and, and start to celebrate, which um, it doesn't mean that you know, I'm, I'm all happy-go-lucky that the new guy just got my promotion, but it means that I can choose to be glad. And you, know, you know, might say, I'm not all that happy about what happened yet, but I can be glad and I can um, just encourage him and just you know, celebrate with him that you know, he was able to get that thing. I, I thought about this in terms of um, a friend of mine that travels a lot for his job and goes all over the country and, and is really successful in his job and gets airfare you know, paid for. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I don't see him all that much, but we'll talk on the phone. And every time... He calls me up. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, tell me everything that he just did. I was over here, and this guy just you know, gave me $1,000 worth of equipment, and things are going so great. What's new with you? And I'm like, well, I'm, last, last time we talked, I'm still in Riverside, and things are going good. <laughs> Which, <laughs> you know, I have to struggle sometimes. It sounds really glamorous and awesome what he's doing. And, you know, there can be a tendency to, to envy him, but what I've realized after talking to him for a while is 
it's, it's a much better option for both of us if I just celebrate with him and just say, man, that is so awesome that you're able to you know, go all those places. And uh, I actually love my job, and I love living in Riverside, actually, just <laughs> as a clarifier. Um, but that's just an example of how envy can kind of distort your perspective and just make you want something totally different. Another thing that we can do, get rid of jealousy, is to accept the differences that are determined by God already. Um, when we give in to jealousy... We'll assume that our problem is with the person that's got what we want. But really, the problem is with God because he could honestly just fix the whole thing by giving us what we want right now. Um, when you're jealous, you might not realize it, but you're probably holding a grudge against God. You know, so many times we take our frustration with him out on other people because, um, you know, they got it. But the only way to deal with the source of our jealousy is to accept the differences that God has already determined. And here's a few ways... Um, Here's a few things that he's in control of and has already determined. One is design. Whether it's the way you look, uh, your personality, you know, different talents you have, whatever it is, God made you in a certain way and on purpose. And I, I think this is, again, I've got a friend that's really got a really great personality. He's super funny, always very witty, knows the right thing to say, and because of it, you know, people are always telling him, you're so funny, man, he's so charming, and, um, you know, he'll call me over to hang out. And with, with a few friends, and when I, by the time I get there, there's like two dozen people from four different states, everybody wanting to like hang out with him. And uh, I grew up with him, and we always had a good time together, but it was definitely a common thing for me to struggle, just like kind of wish that I was as funny as he was, or, you know, as charming, or be able to make friends so easily. And, you know, I felt invisible standing next to him sometimes, because all the attention in the room would be on him. But... Um, it was easy for me to be jealous of the way that he was created and just totally forget about the way God created me, which is totally different, different set of strengths and abilities. So I, there's this encouraging verse in Psalm 139, um, 13 through 16. It says, For you created my inmost being. This is God created. Um, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. God had a full blueprint of your whole existence already planned out long before you even thought about. It says, When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. So, it's just an encouragement here just to remember, you know, maybe I want to be different or look different, but God has already planned how I, how I was meant to be and designed me to have certain abilities and, and influence people in different ways throughout life. Uh, another thing he's in control of is life situation. Proverbs 22.2 says, Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. God's totally aware of your life situation. Uh, for whatever reason, he's determined or allowed you to remain there. You know, whether you're married or single, abundantly wealthy, financially challenged, you know, whatever career you have, um, different things, uh, God is, is aware of where you are and has allowed you to stay there and... Um, has determined those things already, and so it's exhausting to fight against that. Uh, another one is ministries. Sometimes our church staff will go to big conferences for training and instruction, um, different places in Southern California. Sometimes they're real big, and they'll bring in this speaker who's uh, a young pastor of like 22. He's telling us all about how he just started a church up north, and after six months, they got like 5,000 people there already, and it's totally going well and amazing, and you think about yourself, and you realize that church growth stories are sometimes the most discouraging ones of the year. Um, 
you know, I think, why didn't God do that for me? Like, why aren't we having that kind of impact or whatever it is? And then, you know, the opportunity to envy other people's success really sets in. Um, Galatians 2.8 says, For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter, as an apostle of the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle of the Gentiles. This is Paul speaking. He's just acknowledging the fact that God was in control of Peter's ministry, and he's also in control of Paul's ministry. And they were very different ministries, um, probably different amounts of influence over people and different timelines. Their, their strategies were probably different. And, and God was is totally working in both those different areas, even though it was so different. And so, you know, whether um, God is causing you know, us to work in a certain way here, then the church down the street, he's working there, a church across the country. Um, God isn't required to make uh, every church work totally the same and make sure he's, everybody's got the same number of people and you know, it applies to you for you know, different jobs and things that you have. It, it doesn't have to be all completely even. Another one is gifting. First um, Corinthians talks a little bit about uh, spiritual gifts and the way that um, through the Holy Spirit God gives different people particular gifts. And 1 Corinthians 12:11 says, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So it's not up to us to, you know, gift ourselves or um, just, you know, wish for things that he hasn't given us. Uh, it's totally in his hands. Here's a picture of the mirror in Snow White and the Huntsman. He's kind of like, it starts as like this bronze plate hanging on the wall and then he kind of morphs into this like glowing gold dude. And... Uh, he kind of represents this deity, and it's easy to play on this idea of like supernatural element because most people, whether they're religious or not, usually have some kind of concept that there's some spiritual side of life out there. There's more than just the physical. Um, so what we can do, since you know we know God exists and that He affects our lives, is to trust Him and trust Him for what we have and for what the future holds, because He's in control of that. We can be thankful for what he's already given us. Um, you know, instead of saying, thank you, God, for giving me this, our tendency is to say, God, why haven't you given me that? Um, but the gratitude, that choosing to be grateful for what he has given us really repels jealousy in a way that um, it prevents you from going down that road. You know, if, you've got, if you're used to having cars that break down all the time and you've got one now, that's maybe not all that new, but at least it gets you there from A to B. You may be very grateful for that. You don't even have time to think about having the hottest thing on the market right now because you're just gr- glad you're like driving around. Um, and that's why gratitude really helps us repel jealousy. So God and his ways are not pictured in this movie at all. And the choices that the characters make and the way they just respond to challenges and opportunities doesn't take God into consideration. I mean, it's really a rare movie that does that and does it well. But the truth is, God is the number one factor in everything we do and everything we try to accomplish. Another way that we can get rid of jealousy in our lives is to take responsibility for our choices and our effort. Proverbs 19.3 says, When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Sometimes our great plans and ideas for how life should go don't work out. You know, If we don't go about it the right way, things don't always happen just the way we hope they will. And if they backfire, it's easy for us to kind of blame God for that and um, not take responsibility for the way things are going. Like, if, if you don't have the great house and the great wife and the great everything, um, you know, 
you got to think through back, you know, how did you get there? Why, why don't you have a big job? Because you didn't put in the work of the time or whatever. Um, you know, maybe, for example, you're a big spender and you have a hard time saving up. Being aware of that fact and just keeping that um, truth in mind will help you not be jealous of your friend who just bought a new car because he saved up for a couple of years. You know, um, it really helps you combat the jealousy. One last thing that we can do to get rid of jealousy is to be faithful with what we have. First uh, Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. What has God given you? How much money has he let you have? What things are you good at? You know, what kind of job do you have and how much does it pay? Now how can you take the answers to all those questions and add it up into something that you can turn back and serve God with and be faithful with what he's already given you? There's a real pull for us to focus on what the other guy has and why we don't have it. And sometimes it's easy to do that because we see the benefit without the problems. You know, maybe the, that new promotion leads to a job that's a lot more stress and work than it's really worth. Or that new car is about to blow a head gasket. I mean, you don't know, but um, if we focus on what God has given us and be diligent just to work out the things that he's done, um, it really helps us resist comparing. I'll have Cody and the bad man come on up now. Um, there's one part in 2 Corinthians where Paul is talking about the way people were comparing uh, themselves to others and boasting about what they had. In, in 2 Corinthians 10.13 he said, but we will not boast beyond our limits, but we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God has assigned us to reach even you. So Paul was focused on being faithful with what he had. Um, so if I focused on my stewardship and what God wants me to accomplish, I think through how he's gifted me to, to get those things done. So in a moment, we're going to uh, have the offering come around so you can get your connection card ready. Um, if you pull it out right now, then you can put on some next steps on the back of the card or fill out any marks that you didn't do. But some next steps that you might take in response to this message and just what's going on today is, is first of all, to ask God to help me get rid of jealousy. Maybe something has come up and you're, you're struggling with that. You could do one of the four things we talked about. Stop comparing and celebrate instead. You could accept the differences determined by God. Um, take responsibility for your choices or be faithful with what you have. Those are all things that are sound really good, but... We really need God's help with pulling that off. And so uh, you can spend some time praying to God and helping you work through some specific areas of uh, jealousy this week. Another thing you can do is invite a friend to Box Office Wisdom next week. That's this message series that we're doing. And it's kind of unique. It's, little, it's different. It's fun. And uh, maybe you know somebody that would like to check it out that wouldn't normally go to church or otherwise. Um, but at this point, I'd just like to close this in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word and the way it helps us understand uh, new things about the way life works and really brings to light the way um, our hearts work. And um, I pray that as we go through this series that you would help us uh, identify um, just the tricks and the slight variations and lies that uh, our messages communicated to us through the media. And in particular, I pray that you would help us identify those area, areas of envy and jealousy that, that we deal with and just be, first of all, be made aware of them you bring those to mind and also um, you should help us have the tools to, to work against that and uh, really start glorifying you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The ushers could go ahead and come around. The one last next step that's on there, uh, on your little handout, is a repeat. As Cody mentioned, um, we're going to get ready for sports camp, so maybe one thing you want to do is just help us spread the news. Uh, we're open to get 
thousands, well, we want to get thousands of flyers out there for sure. Last year we had about 150 kids signed up, and we'd love to have, that was a real big crowd. We'd love to have even more than that this year, so instead of just me and Josh with our sneakers, sweating it out, running around the neighborhoods, we figured we'd get a few helpers. So um, if you're interested in that, you can just grab some maps in the back with some flyers. I'll be back there and I can help you figure out where those locations are. So we will go ahead and continue the service now.